0: And welcome to another episode of Pictures of well, Pictures. Today we are doing a Studio Ghibli film. Reese, how are you today? I am good. How are you? I am high energy, which is weird because this feels like a very low energy movie,
1: so I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry I came in uh, so fast. It's a pretty like consistent uh, mood, yeah.
0: We can't talk about the movie already, Reese, We've got to do the preamble. The, 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 uh, the pre-ramble, more yes, like. the how. Ah! No, we did that five minutes before the, yeah, the, we, the stream yeah. started. Um, yeah, we are Actually, doing,
1: slightly early today. but
0: oh, Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we were like a minute early, but yeah. yeah. If you want to get all, all down and in the gritty with it, I listened to last week's episode. I don't normally do that because I was like, we didn't even mm-hmm. talk about a movie. I want to make sure last week's episode was good, and mm-hmm. in my humble opinion, it was okay. No, it was good. <laughs> I will say that it was. I enjoyed it, and
1: yeah, I, I'm like, it was oh, good. Damn. Because it's um, what was great about that was it was very much just a case of us sitting down and talking, which we do quite often anyway. So it's yeah, you know we ha- we it was literally just taking exactly, it was just taking what our normal conversations were and just recording it. Yeah, which, so,
0: is, which is an entirely unique premise for a podcast that nobody's ever thought to do before. Um, dude, we should definitely
1: capitalise on that. Yes, we'll make millions.
0: We'll sell t-shirts. That's just. Uh, my face stretched over the entirety of a front side <laughs> and your face stretched over the entirety of the back side.
1: <laughs> Wide voice. <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's what it'll be called. Um so which studio Ghibli films have you seen before? Did I say that right? Ghibli? I feel like Ghibli is I wrong. say
1: I say I hear Ghibli, but I'm just gonna yeah. say studio Giblets, Um which Giblets. Studio Ghibbles. <laughs> studio Blaine Gibson. So, I've not watched many. Um, I've watched a few of them. Some of them I've like I've seen parts I've not fully seen. But I've seen some of the more obscure... like The ones I've actually probably seen are more, some more of the uh, obscure ones. So I've seen uh, Porco Rosso, mm. which is quite a fun one. That one's a bit weird, though, at, at times. I think the plot of that one is dude gets turned into a pig man, basically. Oh. And it's a whole weird plot of... Uh, that one's a bit more like got a little bit more of adult themes in it mm. um which is interesting obviously i've seen i've seen parts of spirited away um i've seen uh, ponyo ponyo's adorable um what else have i seen uh, there was one i can't remember what it's called but it's the one with the cats where there's the like cat, 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 cat...
0: returns I'm i don't know cuz there's
1: one before that because that's the sequel ah. to i Cat not re- that's the sequel to the one before but um there's like cat people and uh, basically so, uh, uh, a whisker uh, away something like that yeah a but like basically a there's, a, there's an entirely separate society of like cats and they oh that's out, a new one oh that might not
0: even be that might not even be ghibli
1: no it is a ghibli it oh, was from a while ago it's from a while ago oh it, ago. Oh, well, it said 2020 um, here that's not it then um but it's definitely not because unless it was made in the old style of animation because it looks mm. old um but yeah it's it's a whole thing of like well, society of cats and stuff the
0: one film the the one ghibli film i've seen um <laughs> ghibli sorry um is howls moving castle i saw that with our friend mm. Reese.
1: Um, yeah, he's recommended it to me several times, um, and movie. we should definitely do it at some point. Yeah. Uh, it would be interesting because that would be the reverse of what we normally do. So.
0: I never knew if it was Howl's Moving Castle or House Moving Castle, I mean, but it it's is Howl's, Howl,
1: I believe. Yeah, H O W L, apostrophe S,
2: as so in Howl is the Whenever name. I
0: would talk about it, you would probably just hear me go, oh yeah, Howl's Moving Castle.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I'd like meld the two words together. Um, but today we are talking about Tales from Earthsea. Reese. I'm doing a new thing. I I I put a synopsis of the film in before we start talking about the film specifically. Friend
1: you're 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 ruining you're ruining the magic of the of the, of the behind the scenes oh, BTS for some others.
0: Tales <coughs> Tales from Earthsea.
1: As their world decays,
0: an archmage guides a troubled prince with a dark side on a journey to find the source of evil
1: and save the women they love. That's such a shit synopsis, It really off, is, by the way, because it does not <laughs> at all describe what the movie is. <laughs> I mean,
0: the first half it of it- You got the characters
1: correct. The f- yeah, the
0: first half of it, yeah, interests yeah, yeah, yeah. me, but
1: the second half of just- it's... The second half is a bit shit, yeah. that's not what it's about at all.
0: That's what part of the last 20 minutes are about.
1: <laughs> not, if, not even that, like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But like It's not about that, it's about, no. the. it is more about uh, Sparrowhawk and Aaron. Mm. Which, uh, there are some big-name voice actors in this that I didn't realise at the time. Like If you watch it dubbed, though, obviously, there's probably the separation as well. But, well, I really like Teru
0: um, in the movie as well. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's pretty goddamn awesome, in my opinion. Mm. Um, get Fucked Tomorrow, or whatever the name of the blonde lady was. <laughs> um, I, yeah. But yeah, I like, I like the way this movie opens. The way this movie opens reminds me of a Brandon Sanderson book. Um, because mm. it's they handle exposition very cleverly in that they they yeah. just they don't like you know when people do exposition and things sometimes it's very unnatural like I'm watching through Buffy the yeah. Vampire Slayer at the minute um, and there was a very unnatural point in that where they just started talking about I mean normally they're just reading it from a book but Oh, I, I I forget. It was something really unnatural and badly done. But in this, it was really well done because they were just yeah. talking as if it was a normal conversation between them. But you were yes. kind of learning about the
1: world in it's, that
0: conversation. Like
1: it's it it was it was done in a way which isn't insulting to the audience because um, yes. that, that's what you tend to find with a lot of like exposition dumps. Um, is they treat the audience like a fucking idiot that can't work out anything that's going on yeah when you give them enough context give have a normal conversation going on but have enough context in it for the for the the viewer to be like oh okay so this is what's happening Yeah. like on the boat it, it makes it so much more interesting because you get sucked into the world because you slowly start to understand what's happening
0: yeah on the boat it really felt like an actual conversation but i got from it that they that like you could manipulate uh the elements by knowing their true names, which weirdly enough wasn't really okay. So that's a different point. I was going to say a couple of things happen at the start of this film, which I feel like don't link back to the rest of the film in a very oh, yeah, major sure. way. Um, but I was, but like when he's talking about how he forgot the names of uh, the wind and the sea and all that, I was yeah. like, that never really gets brought back. How he forgot their names. Like I guess it's just yeah. meant to be a thing about losing control of the world but like, that was, mm. that was a little throwaway comment I thought would be more important but it wasn't um, or maybe, yeah. I mean they do mention that some of the wizards are losing their magic and maybe forgetting their names as how they lose their magic, you know, that kind of a thing
1: um, I mean, that could be, because I, I Sparrowhawk isn't the actual name of the Archmage yeah. it's a different name yeah. but obviously he's calling himself Sparrowhawk I is took that, that to be like but his, his name last name. name and then his first name I don't name was think what? so, no. I, I personally don't think so, I think it's I mean, it's more to do with that. Because um, I think the the lady actually does know his name and says his name. Yeah. Um, but then it's immediately, like, thrown out. And uh, they use Sparrowhawk. And obviously where uh, Terry calls him Hawk because you know...
0: I'm mm, just going to call him Japanese Gandalf. Um, except he's not really old enough.
1: Yeah, he is. <laughs> bit, he's just a bit younger, yeah. I but, really um, liked
0: him, though.
1: Yeah, he was a good character. He was voiced by... Um, the I can't remember its name now. I need to quickly look it up. I looked this up earlier. And oh, I'm, I'm that's really a good mind. point. Did
0: you watch with the English voice acting or the Japanese? I watched with English. Yeah. I watched with Japanese because it was
1: uh, default. Uh, so I just watched. Mine defaulted to dubbed for some reason. Oh. Normally
2: mine,
1: I don't know why mine does that because I do prefer watching stuff in subbed. But Ghibli's a little bit different because Weird. they do put they get proper voice acting. I can't remember stuff, uh, like
0: if I watched House Moving like Castle fandom. or not. Like that. But um, I I just maybe it bases it on the last thing we watched like that um on netflix then but yeah i was just like well i mean it started out subbed and i normally watch anime subbed uh, i mean i think yeah. you can still have really good dubbed like um, voice actors that do it english but i i really love the sound of the japanese language even if i can't understand yeah. it per se. oh yeah for
1: sure it's there's something very there's something very um flowing about it like hmm. almost poetic in a way and then
0: they're so expressive
1: with, with the yes. way they
0: say things as well. For sure, for sure.
1: Like because they've got different versions of a word based on how it's being said. Um, so and that and that, that alone, like you feel the sort of force behind it as well. Yeah. Um, but Timothy Dalton did the uh, voice for him, um, who you'll probably remember from stuff like Hot Fuzz and that. He's the uh, supermarket owner in Hot Fuzz. Oh, right. um, but he's been around for years. He's, he's done all sorts of movies. He's in um, License to Kill and all, sh- all sorts of stuff like that. Interesting. Um, but yeah, he he did a fantastic voice for Alphabie. It was beautiful. Um, Willem Dafoe does The Bad Guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and there's something really off-putting about how he does his voice for most of the movie, which we'll get into once we get to him.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's cool. We can talk about the different versions of the movie we saw then, basically. There you go. Um, yeah, yeah, for yeah. instance, I was going to mention how... Uh, When the king is walking, and by the way, that transitions into more overt exposition where they're like, yes I know how the world works, the world works like this. The dragons have control of the wind and the fire, whereas mankind has control of the earth and the sea, where they would all already know that already. Um, Obviously you know that already, I mean. Um, So that was a little bit more overt, but I liked the very opening scenes exposition. But um, yeah, I when mean, there's so much the you can
1: do without like being like, okay, look, this is the deal. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. exactly. Uh, but when they're walking through the
0: hallway in the Japanese version of uh, Court Wizard's voice acting, sounded like he did not have a drop of saliva in his mouth. Like, and I oh, don't no. mean that he talked like this. It was more literally like you could almost hear his tongue, like in his mouth. Like that's how dry yeah. his
1: mouth sounded. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> just before that, speaking of voice actors, well, right, Just before that, you know, when the two guys run up to him. Mm. Um I say like oh about this yeah. one of them is Liam O'Brien <laughs> Damn it I should have watched the English version <laughs> but he's only in it for like 2 seconds it's fine but I love you I I I, was, I I kind of had a joke cause Obviously, my Mike <laughs> Yeah pretty much just less Ill of them yeah. Um but uh yeah like he I I, I was I was going to make a whole joke about being like um that's something we do in animated films or something, where we have the, the O'Brien O'Clock, where we just be like, he appeared at this point. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> not even four minutes in, and Liam O'Brien's there. So <laughs> Amazing. There you go. Um,
0: so yeah, the, the king gets established to us. Uh, I Okay, so before we move on from that though, I think it's really important that they establish to us that uh, mankind kind of took control of the earth and the sea, um, but the dragons kept the wind and the uh, fire. I thought that was I don't know if they said air in the English version but like it was translated as wind but it means the same thing basically I thought that was super important for reasons we'll get to later Uh, I thought it tied back into itself in a really nice way Um, I should probably have mentioned this at the top I fucking love this movie and the message it tells it's beautiful it's amazing Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, the, the king is, uh, we don't spend too much time with the king and his court and his family, um, but we, we get the impression that he loves his family, but he puts his ruling as a king first. Um, like someone asks if he's seen his son who's been missing for a day and then king's wife appears and she's like, oh no, 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 that's none of his business. Don't worry. We'll sort that out. Um, yeah. you just go do king shit. Uh, the world's falling apart. Um, very relevant to our times and, and yeah so there was that um, but then uh, almost immediately we get the patricide of uh, Prince Aaron coming out mm-hmm. from behind a statue and doing a big ol' heckin' stab Um He's like stab, run yeah um, and I was like oh damn he probably have good reason for doing that, that we'll learn later on in the film, nope he did not, <laughs> unless you want to get really deep into like the message that the film is trying to I tell.
1: I mean, it's. I think it's very much a case of was it him or was it someone else, you know, um, Do you? with that. Because I mean, there's those because he goes on a he goes on a whole thing of being like, oh, there's this thing inside me and it takes control and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I think. Like, is there a whole
1: message there that's with that, more or metaphorical? I think. It's that yeah, like because it's it because you're made to believe later on that it isn't. So I think. Much that,
0: I think the idea it, we're supposed it, to get it, after having watched a whole movie. Uh, from this, is that they said that he's been very sequestered for, like, a year, right? And then he was missing for a day. You get the impression he he really, like, was a troubled teenager, and that, like, he fell into a nihilistic way of thinking, um, because this film, I think, is heavily anti-nihilism, which I'll get into later, uh, yeah. but I think... Um, Yeah, I think he just went so far down the route of nihilism and everything is pointless and also like he has dad issues because his dad's a king and never gives him any time that all kind of solidified in a way that made him into a murderer but I think what we see of him for the rest of the movie is very much a different version of him um like you see glimpses of a version of him that we see when he kills his father um but yeah First of all, he's very at odds with his sense of self and what he's done, and then he's grown as a person afterwards. So we don't really see that version of him much, uh, and mm. I think it's it's definitely something that's meant to be uh, not set in stone. It's meant to be debated about a lot. But to me, if there's one thing this movie did wrong, it's that maybe they didn't necessarily consolidate the two versions of himself in a very understandable way. Like even no, at the end there was of the
1: no movie, of the two sides, no. Effectively
0: you still you still get the impression that like at the end of the movie you're like I like this character but this doesn't feel like oh he killed his dad when he goes back and he's like oh, I'm gonna go pay for my crimes, you're like, Oh yeah he killed his dad you know, it's weird. It feels a little off.
1: But it's very like the way it's done as well, it's like it's done and then it's gone. Yeah. But it's very and then it's not mentioned until yeah. the very end of the movie. Yeah. Which is very strange. Well like... he confesses in the middle of the movie, um, mm. to Teru. Yeah. Which then obviously then he, he wanders off. But.
0: Yeah, um, um, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's that. He looks very young for a seventeen year old, doesn't he? Because they do mention that he's
2: seventeen.
1: I think I think that's just the Ghibli style. The Ghibli style yeah. has very rounded faces. He's small. Um, it's very hard to tell. It does. It, something that Ghibli uh, does suffer with though is the same face syndrome. Because uh, there was a shot where Teru and the other lady were sitting right next to each other and I'm like, fuck's sake, the only thing that's different is the hair. <laughs> the only thing that's different. Well, least the scar as well, but yeah, I guess. No, no, no I mean the, the lady and Teru, specifically, because there was just a shot where they were right next to each other and I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, um, that's of its time, because where you could complain about that, you could then be like, yes, but... The fact that we put detail into shit like someone bending down and their hair like falling slowly to their left side, like where it's like sort of slowly falling, because hair does that and it's really annoying when hair does that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah! Yeah, there's
0: lots of brilliant moments in this film.
1: There was the little things which I'll get into like close to the end because I, I noticed it a lot more towards the end of the movie, mm-hmm. um, or, like the sort of second half of it. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was something I'd mention in there um, in regards to because I didn't want to be like, this is terrible, I would be like, this is terrible, but they also do this instead, so you can kind of forgive them for that, because yeah. they probably put more work into the actual animation rather than the, um, the how it actually looks, because a lot of it is just paintings, mm. and then people are walking in the painting. Yeah, I noticed which, that, yeah. Good. It's because it, it literally just looks like a painting, and then you can see, because that's one of the things that can kind of both take you out of it, but also draw you in, because it's if you're to focus too much on the animation itself, then you're like, this they are very out of place in this. Um, in this in this picture, they 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 are moving and they feel so. It's like with CGI as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same kind of issue with CGI in that there's these moving things, but they look entirely different to the environment they're in. Less so with obviously two D animation because it's there's a bit more forgiveness there because it is the same medium. Effectively, you're not putting something computer generated in a fixed picture, mm-hmm. um, but there were points where it was very like okay, this takes you out of it a little bit, but then you realise it's so beautiful though, and you get drawn yeah. back in again. So. <laughs>
0: I think it risks making the environment look too static, if nothing else. Yes, for um, sure. And but...
1: like it looks like it, and it looked like a painting. puts puts it kind of out of place. Effectively, is what I'm saying. The animation is too obvious that it is animation mm-hmm. rather than characters. You know. Yeah,
0: I think yeah, I think it was good though. Like oh yeah, for definitely... sure.
1: It, it, it was a case of, because I was focused on it, because bo- both of us, for sure, I've seen so much anime and stuff now, it's just one of those things where you watch something and that, you just see it, and it is, as, mu- as much as people love Ghibli, it's not so much about the animation a lot of the time, or the, uh, the the design of characters and stuff, it is more about the actual the actual physical animation of certain yeah. things, and the attention to detail, and like, the actual beautiful imagery. That and obviously the beautiful storytelling and the mystical wonder that is a Ghibli film.
0: I I Um, think the painted environment sets it apart from like anime series. You know, like I've seen, like anime can look really stylized, but it almost is a style in itself. Sometimes, like a lot of anime that isn't too focused on having a particular look or a style can risk looking too similar to other anime, and I think uh, at least in this movie. I'm assuming it's the same for most Ghibli films. Um, having that painted kind of a background really sets it aside and mm-hmm. gives it more of a cinematic style, and also
1: yeah, just but, like yeah. a, this is like a painting that we're taking you into. This is like exactly. It, it looks like it's literally a giant canvas that someone's painted on, and then they just move the camera around on it, mm-hmm. which is awesome because then you get enough time. It's like effectively. You're scanning the picture but it's giving you enough time to take it all in as well of like when, when it does like the establishing shots and stuff yeah. it's literally a static picture that you're looking at yeah but it's like dragging you across it across like this horizon or this landscape or this city and it's doing it in such a way where you can take everything in and really appreciate the the great work it like the artwork it is because it's beautiful mm. like i um, loved hort
0: town as well it looked amazing a bit big to be called yeah, sure. a town but other than that like yeah it, it was huge so oh good. that
1: first shot when they well, crossed that hill it looks amazing I know right and when they're walking through like and it's like
0: Cause this might have a old mo- town
1: and yeah like, you know, apart I had from a moment all- of like I had a moment of like because obviously you, when when you when you have story ideas and stuff you have an image in your head of how you think things should look yeah. and it's such like a it, it's a bit tropy in a way of like having that established shot of the city and stuff but it's, it's great because obviously you, you get an idea of the area and you get an idea of what it could be like and Mm. And it seeming so small, and then in comparison to the characters, and you get there, and it's fucking huge. Yeah. Um, but I had this idea for like towns and cities in my head for my story ideas, and it was such like a holy shit moment because it's it's the same <laughs> shot that's in your head. Yeah. Obviously, the town's different to some degree, but it's the same shot that is in my head, and I was just like, shit.
2: <laughs> I I don't know if this um, is normal.
0: But I have this issue in my head of when I'm when when a city or a town is being described in a book and like when when the character traversing that city is described in a book, I can't stop my brain from making the city too small and like Yes. yes. Like almost like you can see the entire city in one shot from up high. Um whereas in reality it would be a lot bigger than that. Hawktown yeah. is like the very like antithesis of that of like look how big this place is and you yes. can get
1: lost in it and stuff. That's- that's something i've definitely had issues with myself as well where like you think if it's someone it's like and then you start thinking about it like wait no that doesn't make sense mm. so which then i just sort of like so what how would i make it bigger and i kind of just sort of de- almost like delve into my own imagination for a bit and just sort of think and because it, it does take a bit more concentration to think out that way because mm. your mind will naturally do a thing and obviously if you're trying to push past that you need to concentrate a bit more <laughs> um but the general idea is like I would like stretch it out and be like okay, so there'd be a road here and then there'd be buildings here and then it would go this way and then this would be here and then and then kind of just build it out like that but mm. the, the whole image never really sticks which is mm. a pain but obviously if you if if I could draw then it'd be a different story but yeah when stop saying
0: if start saying when <laughs> 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 um, yeah D- didn't you realize Reese the whole point of life is become a master artisan, a master of crafts of master? many different <laughs> things. You will draw, you will sing. Um you will animate. Uh, anyway, um so I yeah, did you catch the fact that his he said Aaron translates to sword, so he's called Prince Sword. That's kind of a silly name. Yeah. Um bit it doesn't quite match Swordbert and Shield Oh, what's the other guy called? Shieldwood. Or is it no, it's Swordwood and Shield but they're characters in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Amazing. Uh, they are <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they're definitely what they are. Um But yeah. Um So So yeah, I really loved how big Town was. Um and mm. then in comparison the the cozy little countryside um house, cottage. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Uh the cottage. Where they are—is that a cottage? I'd say that's a cottage. Uh, where yeah, they then retreat they do, yeah. to to I've realised we haven't really said much about the plot, actually, have we? We've just kind of been talking about how it looks. That's so that's probably. Studio I mean, Gimby's we talked fault,
1: about the, the the initial sort of plot of it of obviously the, the stabbing. Mm. Yeah, we uh, didn't talk about
0: how the archmage saved him, um, and then didn't ask too many questions, um, and
1: was just. Like, he, hey, saves him. Him, he saves him. saves twice, doesn't he? Like quite yeah. close to the beginning, like, he saves him from the wolves where which I think is really good as well because it, it he's like so like obviously just short and then he's and then a moment he's like all right I'm going to die whatever so this is my <laughs> like,
2: death but <laughs>
1: I love but one of the, one of the things that's great when we sort of jump on board with the um with the archmage is the him traveling and you get such a sense of the world as well mm. uh such a great idea of the world that he's traveling through and honestly it gave me huge witcher vibes um, from playing Witcher Three, I, and the music as well was very similar, like to stuff you'd find in that game as well. Mm. It, it, it was just like this feels like that kind of like if it was to be set in any time, it felt it felt like it would be in that kind of world for sure. Mm. How it was set up, and that's definitely how it feels. And that only might that thought only got more and more as they found places, and the town was, reminded me of it as well, yeah. very similar to uh, I think Skellige. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe not so much in its layout, but how the city is, um, yeah. and stuff like that. I think it was, and it was just like shit. Yeah, I, could <laughs> um, see, I could
0: see that. Um, yeah, I just love how calm and wise he is. Like, yes. Whenever something like uh, he's he's in complete level. he's in complete opposition to Prince Aaron, who's like, you know, think oh he's like oh my god I'm so sorry like I shouldn't have done that or like oh god like I can't do this all this kind of stuff. Um, whereas he's just like no, it's fine. Like if you, f- he's very much like if you fail, it's fine. You'll, you'll try again and you'll get it next time. Like that kind of a guy. Yeah. Um, he's great. I love him. I want to be him, but I never will be. Um, but you can always try, and that's that's kind of always a good idea to keep trying to
1: do that. Well, it's 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 <laughs> the idea of trying to, of like um, uh, journey like journey to greatness, I guess. Um, in the idea that he... Cause, and that's something that's played out as well is he almost be, like becomes a father figure in a way. Like, in comparison to... Because the, the comparison is always to compare him to, obviously, the father and, it, and as yes. we said already, um, the father was for the people, but... Not very... Not for the person specifically. <laughs> yeah. Because um, there's a big difference between, like, maybe uh, not specifically going into family, but I mean, there's a difference between the people and the individual person. Mm. Um, so the mob and the person, effectively. Um, and the idea is everything for the greater good. Obviously, what he was doing was uh, these are the problems that everyone is experiencing. This is the major problem. I'm going to deal with that. Um, and then he died because his son felt neglected. Um, or, mm. you know, there's, there's some variants of that um, It. I honestly think it's one of those things with that where it, it was a case of um, wanting to do something and obviously the nihilism of being like everything is pointless so me killing him will ha- will, won't do anything so I can get his sword or whatever which it. that's very strange as well going back to that hmm. I'm not entirely sure why he originally takes the sword it's like this is an important plot device no. um <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's nothing until until obviously the very end um, because the sword obviously disappears uh, for a while. But um, he doesn't get
0: frantic about the fact that he's lost the sword like I thought he Exactly, was which I thought
1: was really odd as well, yeah, because yeah. I thought he would react. Like, why is he not saying, like, oh, where's the sword? Did you get the I sword? I think
0: the idea is that he took it in the heat of a moment. Um, yeah, for sure. And then...
1: Um, yeah, I think, honestly, all, all that stuff with um, honestly, I honestly think that whole scene of him murdering his dad as well is pr- purely like it was like a reflex thing he just did yeah. because he had the thought and he just did it. Yeah. Um, it was a reactionary thing, and he was like, "Cool, a sword," and then took the sword. <laughs> but, um,
0: yeah. I was gonna say, going back to the king for a moment versus uh, the archmage. Uh, like you said, the king very much is all about the greater good and the will of the people, but he completely neglects his own family and the needs of his family and his own son, and that's why he dies. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of ties into the, one of the main themes of this entire movie, which is that it's about balance, and that's what the archmage yes.
1: teaches. Um, exactly, teaches you can't, Prince Iron. You yeah. can't focus on one side or the other. You have to have a balance. Yeah, um, uh, which is important. Yeah, and that's that's shown multiple times throughout the movie in a really cool way. Uh, and,
0: mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Um, there's so many things um, that in my life just over the last few months I, I've myself been attributing to like things should be more balanced but they're very much out of balance right now um mm. just in the way that people see the world as well it's either one thing or the mm. other it can't yeah. be both or it can't be somewhere but, in between and there's just no sense of balance there as
1: well it's it's something i've been thinking about a lot lately in many with, ways with, i think with with balance uh, the only way to get balance would be empathy um yeah which is one of the hardest things to achieve as a person because as, as a human being uh, whoever you are, whatever you are, um, uh, it is very hard to do, um, and achieving empathy completely changes how you view the world and how you view other people. Um, it's something I always try to, um, do is never be angry with someone else for reacting in a particularly negative way, because, I mean, like, say, like, you're, you, like, be like, oh, you, you, like, have a conversation with someone so, and they, like, snap and be like, oh, can you just leave me alone or whatever? Um, in, a, in saying that in a nice way, um, typically the reaction is "All right, asshole," you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's difficult, I'm though, involved. isn't it? It's, it is very difficult. It's not to, just something you can constantly
0: have on or off. Like there is multiple times where I'm like, "Oh, I could have handled that better. I could have thought about where they were yes, coming from." And for like, sure, it's just something you need to constantly trying, try
1: and do. All things. It's the idea of be kind, you know. Mm. Um, and even even in those, even in those negative situations. And I've been trying so hard to tr- almost train myself to be, not be reactionary and be thoughtful and mm-hmm. be like, okay, but they're not just reacting like that for no reason. Did I say something weird? No. So it must be something else going on with them. They are their own person with their own problems, their own dreams, their own life. So there may be something at some point recently that may have affected their mood to which I just triggered because I was just talking to them and they reacted. Mm-hmm. Um That's empathy. And it's really fucking hard because you do (laughs) the part act. And I think that is good, uh, something very good to take away from this movie as well is the the idea of empathy and understanding each other. Because something that it gets related to in the movie is obviously Teru and Aaron. um, And they're like, obviously she doesn't like him because how he feels about things. But then once they talk, she then understands why he feels that way um, to a degree. Um, and she tries to understand that, and then that's that's empathy. And then with that empathy or attempt at empathy becomes the balance, which eventually ends the movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just even even now, like it is just about understanding um, or trying to at least yeah. like or but maybe not even that far. Just knowing you don't understand, you know, yeah. just being accepting that you don't understand something. Um, because for example, web of white right? We're both white dudes, uh, of varying sexual preference, um, and, um, uh, fuck, lost my train of thought now. Um, and you could, you could say like, hey, I get like, obviously the persecution of black people, for example, but I don't get it Mm -hmm. because I'm not black. Yeah. And that's that kind of thing. Um, and that with something like that it is very difficult to be empathetic because there is no, there will be never any ground where you, me or anyone else of our race will understand it yeah you can't say that yeah I get that I've been through that or I can imagine going through that it's more a case exactly. of I constantly need
0: know. to listen and learn and respect He's that listening. you've been there and I haven't and if you're saying that yeah. something's the way that it is I need to uh, listen to you saying that it's the way that it is, and exactly. react to the world the only, accordingly, and understand it.
1: The only people that I can know if something's wrong with that is the people involved. Mm. It's like it's like saying there's probably a good analogy here somewhere, but it's like saying like because th- you don't feel something. So effectively, like um, it's like going to a blind person being like, oh, you can't see. Uh, well, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> I close my eyes sometimes, but it's like <laughs> it's like no, you don't understand.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It
1: it, it it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Thing. It's and like you can understand
0: when, what it's like to not be able to see for a moment of time. You can't understand what it's like to have never been able to see for your entire life, or never again be able to see and live your life with that entire like thing on you. That's yeah. But but we're. I mean, I don't know. We are like, getting
1: well. Sorry, I I do this all the time. <laughs>
0: I don't know about you, Reese, but I achieved the enlightenment of empathy at, at the age of six. I've been I've been wise beyond my years for, for many decades
1: now. <laughs> and modesty <honesty-tier>, too, apparently. <laughs> of course. I don't mind it. I'm such a I'm so fu- I'm just so full of wisdom, dude. I'm just, I'm just gonna throw wisdom everywhere. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is getting weird now. Um, um so I
0: guess to say to say something um slightly different about the movie, I was just gonna say that it captures the um, I the setting of idyllic life really well, even between scenes of strife. So like, you constantly have these shots of like, you know, sunset across fields and just like the the sleepy nature of town at around that time of day as well. I like yeah. sunset. I keep gravitating towards those scenes. Um, I was thinking to myself, I would almost love just like a YouTube video which just focuses purely on the aesthetic of this movie, of like the the sleepy peaceful parts of this movie. Um, yeah. I I really enjoyed that a lot because a lot of movies focus so much on like action 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 and then like suspense or this is happening and then there's more action and there's like establishing shots but that's about it but this movie very much wanted to be like this is the world that this is all happening in like this is it's not just a backdrop it's the world you know what I mean like it's important in a movie
2: and I, I thought that
1: was yeah because yeah, it's the idea of like this is all that's here and the that very existence of that thing is being threatened yeah um, which draws you in more because it's like well no it's pretty no don't do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, obviously less dramatic but mm. uh, but yeah for sure um,
0: so yeah uh, and then that scene with the old ladies where they're walking up the path um, and they're, they're oh I hate them. They're, um, they're rumoring, they're gossiping about um, that the the blonde lady whose name I keep forgetting. I'm sorry, it's Tamiru or something like that. It's,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Tamiru. I don't remember, but um, they're saying like she's probably a witch um, because she shouldn't be like holding up with a random guy and and like what's with that creepy girl of hers and stuff. And then they want something from her. Yeah. And she gives it to them and for they... free. Yeah, for free. That's what free. I was going to They don't they don't even like pay her. <laughs> And then, as soon as they walk away, they're gossiping about her again. Yeah. And and now she's got a random boy living there and everything. And then they fucking sell her out. And the most That's annoying just, part about those characters is, I see them every day.
1: Yep. Yeah, and <laughs> out in the it's, world. It's so perfect. It, it, it's it's the opposite of empathy. Yeah. It's, it's exactly piling on. It's like uh, judging and yeah. then being like, judging oh and well. Being I think, I think well. this. I think this way um and then like it's the whole like idea of point of like not someone not caring in the idea cuz like when when people specifically like there's always the excuse of like there's no point me doing this nice thing because they won't care or they won't you know react in a positive way or anything or it won't change anything And that's obviously, people like that will always prove that to be correct. Yeah. Um, And people like that still exist. And it's horrible. (laughs) Because I work with people like that as well. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not good because, I mean, it just, it's negativity. And then it just piles on and it makes it worse and worse and worse. And then that person may feel like, oh, well, I'm being wronged for no reason. Why should I be nice? And then that's another person that is no longer being nice and is negative now and then the nihilism. cycle of hate continues <laughs> yeah
0: I think it's a type of nihilism again in the movie um, Yeah, I, I should probably come out and say I know that there's this whole uh, I don't know a huge amount about it but I know there's a bit of a movement of like you can, you can be a positive nihilist and all this kind of stuff I'm not really referring to that when I'm talking about nihilism I'm talking about right. uh, the more traditional cynical nihilism of there's no point yeah. in living when everyone dies and you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I think that's Everything pretty much what is death, yeah. what is taken aim at in this movie pretty well. Yeah. Um Uh, but yeah. Uh next I was gonna say I love Teru like so much. Like mm-hmm. her reservation to open up is really like reasonable, understandable. Um, yeah. and that that scene, uh, where um, she's nursing the lamb and you get to see like her true nature when she's not being reserved and then she finds out that um, Aaron was watching her and she gets like really angry because it's like I've I can't think of any specific examples but I think I've seen moments in life where like you've been caught off guard, like, being just yourself yeah. when you're around yeah, yeah. someone who you wouldn't when the, just... the veil is trusted. Yeah, of, exactly. Yeah. And usually the reaction to that is anger. Like, I didn't know you were there, kind of a thing. Like, I thought How I dare really, you? Yeah, yeah, that was you're really good yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like, And I, I love that at the moment it's revealed why specifically she doesn't like him as well. Yeah. And it's the fact that he doesn't care about life. He... Sees it as yeah, pointless. because he
0: says that in front of her, doesn't he? The first time they meet, yeah, because like, uh, yeah, when he when slavers. he saves
1: her from the slavers, uh, he says, um, uh, something along the lines of, I don't care about my life, yeah, that he threatens or, to kill her, and
0: no, he threatens to kill her, and he yeah. says, I think, something along the lines of, um, do it, life is meaningless, I don't care either way, or something like that, yeah. and it, it kind of spooks the guy, and he runs off, um. Mm-hmm. And yeah, obviously she wasn't very happy with him for saving her when he when he didn't really save her. He was just like, yeah, go on. Um, well,
1: I, I think it was less about that and definitely more about his idea. Of yeah, way, exactly. His idea of, <laughs> of not life being life. well, it's not specifically hers. Just life in general. Yeah. Um, he had a really shitty view, basically, and she was like, "That's really shit," and pointed, called him out on it. So yeah, which is which is good. to She's see she as well. Awesome. Rather than being a dumb Sundere, she actually called him out on the shit. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: And then she fucking opens it up to him by way of song, and it was beautiful. Oh my god!
1: Oh, it was such a good scene.
0: <laughs> Where she just starts singing, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know what that's like in Japanese, but the English version was really good. Oh, it was really um, good. Um,
0: I'll have to, I'll have to watch the English version of that song at some point. But yeah, it was re- because it was directly translated, so it didn't like rhyme at all or anything like that.
1: Um, yeah it literally. didn't it didn't rhyme it was a bit weird because it didn't rhyme in the English version all oh, right um but yeah it was it wasn't too bad but like it did it, it, it like it was, it was like oh that could have probably rhymed there somewhere because <laughs> yeah. you always look because I don't know if you do this with music but I always look for the rhyme yeah or I listen for it rather obviously I'm looking at music <laughs> yeah she's singing <laughs> um,
0: and I think she's singing about the wizard right but like I didn't analyze the lyrics that closely because I was too kind of stunned I think by she the says sound of it she always.
1: says about uh she says it's like about like flying away and stuff and mm. which is a uh, bit of foreshadowing I guess yeah um the idea of like the sun rising up and being free and things like that if I remember correctly
0: yeah but it was just it was lovely and I think she kind of did that to just be like well fuck you nihilism this is like here's something beautiful is mm. that pointless Cause, like? Yeah, because
1: there was because there's the idea of like oh she doesn't know he's there but then she just immediately turns towards him and it's like yeah she knew you were there the entire time <laughs> yeah. um but then exactly. that obviously prompts him as well to open up to her about his stuff yeah and then she's just like oh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're a murderer he just Fantastic. comes right
0: out with it with like i killed my dad um and again it's the whole like not immediately being like holy shit, he killed his dad he's a terrible person mm-hmm. go away it was more like trying to understand why he did it Um, and like trying to figure him out and all that kind of stuff which I wouldn't necessarily say go ahead and do that in real life to someone who just admits murder in front of you but you know in a poetic movie kind of a way it was very sweet (laughs) yeah
1: in a poetic movie where the characters aren't real in any regard and (laughs) it's not set in any sort of realistic time um... (laughs) but it's in the
0: scene as well where we learn that even he doesn't know why he killed his dad and I thought I realised that oh I don't know where this movie's going now um, yeah. Because at that point, like, we haven't even met the antagonist. Um, we <laughs> even like in a dialogue. No,
1: no, no. We would have met the antagonist by then. Would we? We would. We met Cobb, yeah. Because I think you've skipped a little You've skipped like half the city scene, I think. Because um, you've you've jumped from when they saved her to when they're now like been there for a while and Powerhawk left the cottage. Yeah. We've already been reduced to Cobb because Cobb would have come before then. Oh, okay. Um, he would because they would have come back and be like, "Oh yeah, we lost half of our slaves," and they was like, "We'll oh, get them back."
0: Oh yeah, I remember. Um,
1: well, he we... does. Typ- he does stereotypical bad guy things to show that he's evil um, by <laughs> p- by threatening to kill his uh, his lackeys. Yes. Um. Yeah. Um. He's pretty much like cardboard cutout bad guy. So. Yeah. To a degree.
0: He reminds a degree. me a lot of Orochimaru from Naruto in that he's. Um, he he's after immortality, and in Naruto mm. that character does it in a slightly different way but he looks really similar um, he does it mm. by way of stealing people's bodies so that he can, like, if his body's getting old he can have a younger body and age up through with right. that again um, at least as far as my understanding goes oh, fuck that, mm. I know Naruto that's what he does Orochimaru um, anyway, so he reminded me of that but um, I've never yeah. considered Orochimaru in the light of nihilism before, and that's definitely what mm. Cobb is um,
1: I for sure, yeah, and the, in the idea of like, it, it, the reason he's doing it is, is not usually the, re, the reason. If it, if he was, I I said Kharbokar, but he's he's not. Like to a degree, he is, but then his motivations and stuff make him very different. Um, but he's doing it literally because he's scared of death, yeah. And he admits that, and I think that's fantastic that there is a human side to the villain. He literally he basically humanizes him by being like, while well, he's looking all horrible and goopy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's just like, I, I'm afraid, I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah, but it's ba- that balance is again,
0: isn't it? He's gone to the extreme of, like, he will do anything to prevent himself from dying. And yes. that's that's not balanced, that's an extreme. Um, that and, being greedy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, greedy exactly. Bugger. And that's, that's not bugger. accepting the way of nature. And that's precisely why the state of the world... Is the way it is it's because he's a powerful yeah. wizard who's affecting the laws of nature which
1: i thought was really yeah. fucking cool
0: i've written a short story yes. a bit like that before except it wasn't quite as good as this quite obviously um
1: <laughs> i i had similar ideas from <laughs> my story as well damn it friend um, why are we the same yeah. person <laughs> no i the idea of like but there's, there's there's a certain level of balance and stuff and you kind of ruin it by because the, the idea i like i always like the idea of magic being used as a system where you're pulling from something or you're pulling from an energy source so like you've got wow for example where obviously you're a shaman you pull from the elements you're a druid you pull from the sun and the stars um well and nature and life too but yeah yeah and obviously nature and life as well but like these very specific things you pull from mm. and i love the idea of um i like what how did you ever read the aragorn books no oh, watch the or watch the movie but the movie doesn't really go into it that much uh, but in the books, um, they basically say magic is basically you use your own energy, and obviously if you oh. overdo it, then you kill yourself because you basically just using up all your own energy. So it's like a stamina kind of thing. Interesting. Um, and there's a part where he goes into it, he's gonna go for a desert and he's like, I need to work out a way to get water without killing myself, effectively. So he gets a stone and he basically tries to transmute it into water and it almost kills him. So he's like, shit, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um so then he basically is like, Oh well there's water underneath the sand, surely. So basically he makes a little well and then basically tries to like pull it up from underneath, and that's a lot easier for him. Because mm-hmm. it's already there. He's not trying to physically make something, it's already there, so he just pulls it up. Gotcha. That's cool. Um I think it was a really interesting power system how they did the magic in that in those books. It's brilliant and done. Yeah,
0: yeah that's cool.
1: In this, it's more about... They didn't really... I feel like it
0: maybe didn't fit in with the rest of the movie all that much, but in this, yeah. it was more about knowing something's true name. Which, by the way, I would love to know the mythological origins of, because I've seen that in a few different pieces of fiction. If you know something's true yeah. name, you have absolute power over it. Yeah. I want to know where that comes from. If anybody knows, please let me it's know.
1: such an interesting idea. Like, I I think, I imagine like, some level of it comes from the idea of... Once you know someone's name, you know who they are. Yeah. Um. So then you have some sort of power over them, and
0: I remember the book *Skulduggery Pleasant*. I guess the book *Skulduggery Pleasant* does it in that you have. Let's do a quick Google if we can find anything. Uh, in Skulldug- I've only read the first book of *Skulduggery Pleasant*. It's young adult uh, fantasy fiction. It was really good though. Um, in that you have three names basically. Um, you have your chosen name, which is basically your hero name, but it it gives someone the least amount of power over you. And then you have your given name, which is like Christian or Reese. And the idea behind that is that when someone calls you by your name, there's like a psychological, like subconscious tug, right? You look over, you're like, yeah, kind of a thing. Um, And then that is um, inflated by magnitudes when they know your true name, which is just who you are. You don't even know your true name. In Skullduggery Pleasant though, there is a book uh, where everyone's true names are recorded and that's kind of like the plot point of the first book of that series. Um, So that was really cool. And then I'm trying to think of where else I've seen it. Um, I don't know where else, but I have seen it in a few other places and I really, really like that idea. Um, I've never seen it used for like elements of like the sea and all that though. That was, that was interesting. Any luck?
1: Um, nothing too crazy. Um, just the general. It seems to be just the general idea. of Its identity. So identity being a very powerful thing, and it is effect- your name is effectively a descriptor of your identity. I guess. Um, so it allows people to judge and as- make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. But basically, yeah, I think the idea is just—it's just—it's information. It's knowledge. Yeah, um, I think is the idea. Hmm. Um, all right, so at this point in the movie,
0: um, basically Aaron decides to leave in case because he hasn't got control over um, yeah. the part of him that makes him kill people. <laughs> basically, and he's like, <laughs> the, I the raging
1: homicidal in <laughs> <man>, him.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's like, I should probably head out. Uh, so he leaves, and I he starts like to be chased. Uh, by this other version of himself and I think it's intentionally vague but you know we've got to analyse it um, yeah. it seems like based on what happens later in the movie it is like a physical version of him that can be touched but it's also yeah. a ghost because it disappears and at first I was wondering if maybe it was a projection of him that Cobb had made up um, to yeah, Spyfall obviously as well yeah. um, because until then like I don't know, we'd seen that version of him in his dreams, right? Um, so but yeah it was very much well I mean at first it seems like a manifestation of the homicidal part of himself but later on we realise it's actually the opposite
2: um, yeah, because that's the a part of that the pictures way.
0: Teru and it's like mm-hmm. no like you, this is my true name you need to tell me this kind of stuff because um, you know I can't do the shit by myself and um, I've got the wrong idea on some things and stuff like that I don't know it got kind of vague Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he got he, he got chased by his spooky self, and um, he ran into the swamp. Running into the swamp, I'm just gonna put it out there. Generally, not a good idea. You wanna no. you wanna run the other direction. That's not mm-hmm. the swamp. Um, a because swamps are gross. B because swamps are spooky. And C because you could probably fall over in a swamp and get all muddy and then maybe drown a bit, depending on how bad it is around out there. You know, like mm-hmm. just go anywhere else. Really. I mean, honestly. Swamps. Mm-hmm. Not my swamp. Uh, anyway, <laughs> get out of my swamp. Um, so I like how we learn more about when he gets kidnapped by Cobb. Uh, we learn more about what what Cobb wants, um, and he he wants eternal life. And he's I forget what exactly it is he says to Aaron. Um, he um he says that he says that um. Sparrowhawk is close to learning it, right? But that's mm-hmm. a lie. We know that's a lie because Sparrowhawk has already told us about the laws of balance. And eternal life definitely flies in opposition to balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that, but uh, Aaron's a bit of an idiot. And
1: he's like... he No, no, no. He, <laughs> he plays the whole... No, he's the bad guy because he's the one doing the thing that I'm actually doing.
0: Yeah, basically. Um... And Aaron and it's like yeah sure I'll drink the I'll drink the wine
1: yeah he's like here drink <laughs> this okay it's not poison it's not poison okay
0: <laughs> by the way it was poison <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh oh I did not see this oh guy. you, you don't drink me <laughs> um, And then he's like oh wouldn't it be scary if you died to this poison you don't want to die do you so that's how he he really appeals to the nihilistic side of Aaron um so that's kind of how he wins Aaron over to his side. Um, so I thought that was done pretty well, uh, and a shot of uh, a um charging to the castle on the horse. <laughs> I just wrote, "Fly, you fool!"
1: <laughs> yeah, very Lord of the Rings. That shot yeah. of him running across. Oh, it was so good. Also, that horse—it's apparently a horse. I know, right? A horse. I know. that this is not a horse. That it's is like not a horse.
0: fluffy deer horse. <laughs> it's more like a llama or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But it's so fluffy.
0: <laughs> I know. And he's... they never
1: give it. And they never give it a name either, which I'm really disappointed. I know. He deserves a name.
0: I want to give him pets. He's
1: good boy. Yeah. He or, he looks very soft.
0: Or girl. We don't even know whether horsey okay, yeah. boy or Come
2: girl. In.
0: Um. What did I write? The impossibility of limiting mankind's desire to restore balance is a neat conceit. I actually wrote a neat what is the word because I couldn't think of the word conceit and I spent 20 minutes Googling synonyms (laughs) of uh, conceit, looking for it, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, But someone in a YouTube video I was watching today said the word conceit and I just went, that's it! (laughs) That's the word! (laughs) That's the bugger! Fair
1: enough.
0: Um... So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's Cobb's whole thing, right? Is you can't limit mankind, like um, yeah. mankind's desires. Like they're so out of balance um, that it's basically impossible. So you might as well just embrace nihilism. Um, well, I embrace guess it's not. Chaos. It's not necessarily embracing
1: nihilism, then, is it? It's saying it's just embrace. It's like going going against the grain and yeah. like balance, be damned. Yeah. Just do what you want.
0: Yeah. Just be like,
1: you know, if you make yourself immortal, you don't have to worry about all these problems.
0: That's, um, that's, that's
1: their pretty much character. Cobb is break the rules sometimes, and Sparhawk is the rules are there for a reason, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, uh, and did you catch that Cobb has tar powers, meaning that the bad dreams that Aaron was having was probably yep. uh,
1: brought on by Cobb. Influenced. Because yep. he has nice dreams. Because the first dream he has um, when he's in the the town, he uh, he has a nice dream, and he's like, "There's a there's a dragon, and it's flying around. Um, which I I think is uh, that's uh, now that I think about it, that's just like directly like almost him like being led on to the next thing because he sees the dragon and stuff, and obviously he gets captured. But then they end up at the cottage where Teru is. Yeah, true. And then and then he has the dream there where he, obviously the tar monster, and then he goes to Cob. So yeah, it, it's almost like a this is where you're going to end up that, yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, I guess so.
0: Which um, is interesting. I guess it's dreams used as a foreshadowing device then yeah Um, for sure
1: because the dragon disappears also doesn't
0: um in this first dream doesn't the image of sparrowhawk in the tar dream have hollowed out eyes like Cobb has yeah
1: um well that's interesting because it changes doesn't it Mm -hmm. uh he has hollowed-out eyes and then he sort of changes into aaron oh yeah he's sort of melting he's like melting and he turns into aaron yeah um which is interesting but yeah he sounds like a zombie for a hot minute though he's like hi <laughs> <laughs> like, um, <Yeah>. <laughs> and,
0: and then spar Hawk's there, and he's like no don't be doing the thing and then and then aaron stabs him oh no uh in a exact mirror image of him stabbing his dad which basically yeah. makes you go oh he is a father figure um
1: you know you're he you,
0: know, you know you're an aaron dad when he stab you in the chest and it's
1: like oh <laughs> it's welcome no to the to- club <laughs> Can I, I'm just imagining Aaron yelling like Aaron from Game of being it's "No use for the attack now." <laughs> Actually, I'm
0: trying to say Aaron, but it's not really coming across. Um, but yeah, obviously we see that like, no, he didn't stab him. But <laughs> I'm so fucking naive. I thought like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, it was oh, like, that moment
1: of being like shit, but then he was like, Nice nah, he's fine. You know, he's fine. He's alright." So um, he just dropped it, so we could grab him.
0: Ah. Oh. Um, and then that beautiful soliloquy from... I guess it's not a soliloquy because he's not alone. That beautiful... Um, what's the other one? Uh, oh, come on, I did English. The one monologue. that isn't a soliloquy. The one where you're, 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 you're giving a speech and it's just you talking, but you're giving it to someone. Monologue? Monologue! Um, that beautiful monologue where he's... he's I wrote it down. Um, he says to Aaron, "'No man nor any living thing in this world lives forever, "'but only to us mm-hmm. is it given to know that we must die, "'and that is a precious gift.'" This life that is our torment and our treasure does not endure. It is a wave on the sea. Would you force the sea to grow still to save one wave to save yourself? And yep. that's when I sat bolt upright and went, I love this movie! <laughs> yeah. That, that was um, beautiful.
1: That was translated perfectly over uh, yeah? on the... That was yeah, exact, pretty much word for word how it was said uh, in the dub version as well. And he says it, it so done, calmly well. and quietly yeah. in, in my um, version. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, it's uh, done so well yeah
0: and um I just started writing down quotes at this point in the movie because this is when the movie really starts revealing what it's about and you're just like oh fuck I love this for sure this is like
1: everything I believe
0: in um (laughs) um I I like when um Teru uh stole into because I I guess I'm jumping across scenes here but like obviously then the the ghost version of himself approaches her and is... I mean, firstly, she frees herself because she's a badass. Um, mm-hmm. Although I don't know why she didn't turn into a Actually, I do. I have a fear on that. I'll get back to that. Um, but um, she frees herself, she's running, and she meets the ghost dude. And he guides her to him, and then he's like, Oh, hey, I'm i am basically um, the side of him that like loves life and all that kind of stuff. Um, just give him a big old hug. <laughs> I forget what exactly he says. Um, but he gives mm. her the sword...
1: Yes. Yes. No. Uh, no, she has a sword no. already. Sparrowhawk gives her the sword and says, if he comes back, give him the sword. Gotcha. He just guides her and hugs her. And it's like, please. But then as the audience, you like, but he's there! Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh,
0: and she, she's great. And I love when she confronts him. Um, hmm. and, um, and she says to him, you're, you're not afraid of death. You're afraid of life. And I was like, ah! Yeah. Why you got to be so truthful? Why you got to be dropping those truth bombs? Because that's, that's 100%. Yes, that's... Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think that's a very common thing um, with uh, nihilistic schools of thought. Is that they're so obsessed with death that actually it turns out that they're that they're. It's almost like, and I can say this because um, I think I've been there in the past. Uh, but it's the whole um, you're so obsessed with the fact that life ends. Uh, that you're telling yourself you know, oh, that. there's there's not much point to like actually living the life part of it because it ends like what's the actual fucking point I guess I haven't been specifically there but I've been in similar schools before there's, um, um, and, it's, um, and it's like actually you're, you're kind of like almost convincing yourself that you don't need to go out and live life and you're just scared yeah. of living life because it can be painful sometimes because of people die uh, and you I get know. attached to people 11. and they die
1: yeah so um, but uh it reminds me so much of a part uh, so i think i told you about bo burnham uh mm. jim median he does a lot of like comedy comedy music and stuff with some like moral stuff in there as well which is really interesting um he has a song called from the perspective of god and i think one of the lines he says in it is something on the lines of um um uh you pray so badly for heaven um but life on earth could be heaven mm. Uh, but you pray so badly for it that you can't make it happen because you're thinking too much about the death part and not the actual living yeah, part yeah
0: it's a very similar similar message to what this is that's very nice um, so the, well. my it's, favorite the, the
1: entire idea is like uh, why, um, why are you doing what I'm telling you or what I'm quote-unquote telling you to do why not just do the things you think are right rather than be doing them because I've told you to do them. Yeah. You should be doing them because they are the right thing to do, not because you were told by some higher being.
0: Hmm. Exactly. And um, I like that I like that message too. Um, and I was going to say, my favourite quote of the entire movie comes directly after that. <coughs> Where Teru says to him, you think your life belongs to you? Tenar gave me life, that's why I have to live, to give life to mm-hmm. someone else. lebanon that's the only way we live forever. Um, and I was just like, did you just fucking, like, look inside my soul and, like, take, take like, what I believe in and put it into a movie from, like, 14 yeah. years ago? Because Jesus Christ, that is so beautiful. It um, is
1: a beautiful movie with a beautiful message. Um, and it's done in a way that's, like, the message can mean a lot now. For sure, especially mm, like, now with everything going on, it's
0: it's a little bit different. But for years now, I've been. Banging, oh yeah, for sure. No, I just mean to what I'm about to say. It's a little oh, bit different. Okay, it's a little bit different. But for years now, I've been banging on this drum of like. You know, it's like the, it's similar to the message of like, you only truly die when the last person speaks your name, and you can take yeah. that the wrong way and be like, I have to make sure that my legacy lasts forever. But for me, yeah, it's that's more the like
2: extreme, yeah.
0: you. It, yeah, exactly. It's all about balance. You. Um, the way I see it is more like every person you meet, you influence in some way, and if you can yes. influence them in like a positive way, that can almost be like a domino effect, and um, just more put more positivity and more love into the
1: world, and that's just
0: ah, it's the way to be, it's the way to think and live. And
1: so that very idea was probably my saving moment. Um, so uh, this is going to get kind of uh, more a bit sad now but it does have a, a, a sort of a happy ending to it. But um, that idea of not having an effect or not having anything um, you do be good or like have, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, to, I'm there's like one word I'm blanking and I can't think of it. Uh, to basically put something out there that will last or something that will exist, put something into the world
2: hmm.
1: that will be like, I did this or whatever, like even like the smallest thing um one of the things like that that whole idea of like it's pointless because everything I do will be a failure or whatever was the reason I got hard to hit so hard by depression And I did um mm. it was shit it was horrible and it was one of the worst times of my life uh probably the worst time in my life but you know we're not I don't want to attempt fate um <laughs> but uh and the idea that got always... me out of it is I want to be that person that put something out there that will help someone else I, I want I want to if, if I stop existing for whatever reason hmm. I want I feel like maybe there's someone that I couldn't save almost like if we're going to be dramatic about it let's be dramatic about it because it's much easier to say when you be in dramatic because it's more fun yes um, <laughs> but uh, if I don't do this thing then I can't save a specific person hmm. um, I'm not gonna go too much into this character um, because it will spoil my Hero Academy for you. But there is a <laughs> character that gets introduced. His superhero name is Lamillion. His idea being, he wants to save a million people. Okay. Um, and there is uh, a whole thing with it. I'm not gonna tell you spoilers because it's the whole thing. But basically, stuff happens, and yeah, and uh, there is a beautiful manga cover uh, of the part of a part where a bunch of shit happens to him it's in the anime as well it's already come out um but he uh he's carrying someone uh he's carrying i think it's a child if i remember correctly yes it's a child um and uh his his outfit has a million across the chest Mm. um but she's covering up all the zeros so it's just one yeah and the person he saved is her so one Um, (laughs) i think it's so beautiful um because and then and then he gets super like something horrible happens to him um but like that all happens and then the manga cover for it was like you saved one person you've, you've saved someone yeah it may have cost you a lot but you saved someone and yeah. i think that's kind of how i take moving forward now mm-hmm. the reason i do what i do the reason why i try why i still try is the idea of i could be that person or i could inspire that person almost like the knock-on effect of good um, good equals more good. Um, yeah, positivity and good vibes and just throwing it out there, just into the stratosphere, uh, um, <laughs> and putting it out there so aggressively that it's like sticks. But not doing it because I want something of myself to still last. Doing it because I want other people to last, or I want that feeling to last. Yeah, um, which is what. Got me out of the dark hole that I was in, um, and why I'm so cheerful and chipper as I am now. Um, but yes. it, it, it's and this idea that it, it the way it portrays in this movie, resonates with me so well, mm. and it's frightening um, for me to just see it in, in such a in such a light and be like, okay, I, I get this. <laughs> yeah,
0: for me, I think a formative moment was I, and this was before I started thinking about things in terms of um you know how it can how it can affect other people in a positive way or anything but um around oh, I want to say 2014 or 2015 I became obsessed with uh the idea of a butterfly effect of yes every tiny little thing that happens affects everything else um yeah. and then from there I just started thinking more and more about the way like action and reaction and the way people can be influenced by other people just on so many different levels of like whether it's um, social media with influencers on a business side of things, um, or or whether it's um, if I do this one small thing now, which is gonna make me go out of my way to do it, it's gonna make someone else's day a lot easier, that kind of thing. Yeah. But on a much wider, more philosophical scale, just like you know, just like putting more kindness into the world will just make someone else happy, and then they might do a kind thing for someone else. You know, it might it's like a small ripple effect. But everything mm. everyone does changes what else is going to happen it's like you go back in time i'm going completely off the rails here but you go back in time and it's like oh you can't like step on a bug because you might change the future well newsflash here in the present you step on a bug you still might change the future you know like yep exactly um yeah so um but if you think about that in terms of um having life to give and giving someone else life as it was presented in this movie. Uh I think it's it's a really important message to tell and it's really beautiful and I think this movie did it really well. And
2: yeah, it, it, just did. Like,
1: and
0: it you know when you read or see something in a piece of fiction and you feel seen, you're just like, That's what I think <laughs> you start looking around for cameras. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what this movie did in this scene for me. I was just like, Oh fuck
1: <laughs> It's 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 done so well because it's 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 almost like obviously it's not that's not the intention of course but it is a level of uh seeing like uh how depression can affect people as well for sure mm. because nihilism is an effect of depression for sure yeah um fuck i felt it i'm sure many others have felt it um especially because it is because it's an idea of hopelessness yeah, yeah. for sure but because it, it's an idea of hopelessness and with hopelessness becomes rejection almost mm. um and denial and then nothing, effectively numbness. Yeah. Which which is where that comes from. Um but yeah, this 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 is definitely very uplifting in that moment of being like th- there is something you can do. It, yeah just because you're dead doesn't mean you won't don't die. Or this dead may never die.
0: Um, <laughs> well I- are we saying <laughs> that we need to be more like the uh, greyjoys in <laughs> in Game of Thrones uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no that's not what I'm saying <laughs> um, and then but yeah.
0: um, I know that this, this is probably going to be really cheesy to anyone who doesn't care about stuff like this but uh, my, next, my next note was all in capital letters fair love healed the dragon and restored balance because there was, there <laughs> was that dragon that we saw at the start in the movie yeah. that fell into the sea um, we see as they talk to each other um, uh, as he regains his hope for the world um, the dragon rises mm. out of the sea and flies away and I was just like fuck
1: and that's almost like the balance of like him feeling the way he did killed the dragon but yeah. then now that he's okay it's healed them and exactly. they're back almost like and... it's almost like his counterpart up the other side the balance
0: Yeah. So, and my big brain moment um, that I've been very excited to big reveal uh, is um, that thing I said about at the start of this podcast about the start of a movie where they say that men took the earth and the sea um, earth sea if you will and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I threw in an in if you will so mark that off your bingo cards when I was trying to be clever um, and dragons took the the wind and fire and I, I considered that the earth and sea they're permanent um, like the earth the, the ground's always there the sea is ever changing but it's still like permanent you can see it it's, it's, it's still there. there it's just Whereas moving yeah. the wind and fire they're more ephemeral and temporary and yeah. um, in, that, in that way um, men are more about um always a nihilistic way of things like Cobb was about wanting what's there to remain there forever to still be there mm-hmm. to always be available whereas dragons are more about like the wind is here and then it's gone and you'll never feel that same wind again fire mm-hmm. burns away and you know you can never relight that same fire it's a new f- you know you can like relight a new fire but you know what i mean like they're more about the ever-changing, like the beauty of the the temporary and the ephemeral. Enjoying what it yeah. while it's there, and that's why, um, that's why dragons are so beautiful in this movie, and why Teru, part of why Teru, I think, um, turns
1: out to be a dragon. I have a s- yeah. separate theory on that though. Um, I, I just like because it, it ties so much into the idea. Of, enjoying life and embracing death because the idea of the fire and the wind like being there and not is that idea of life and death just happening in these elements and so they are so accustomed to it that they understand it and know that it is a natural process and are so almost embrace it um mm. as a result, which is obviously well as whereas humans obviously everything's so permanent so they're like no, I must exist forever Yeah exactly. Um, and then like that's where the fear of death comes from in that as well. Yeah. And um
0: and yeah, I like how they admit as well that even if even if you love life and you're not nihilistic, yeah, you still fear death. Everyone fears death. Like I thought that was a good thing that they it's put in. Course. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, Teru gets kidnapped by Cobb. He snaps her neck. She falls to the floor dead. But then she turns out to be a dragon and stands up with the eyes and then she transforms into a dragon. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible, I think there's a possible reading of this movie that says um but if dragons are to be associated with ephemeral stuff of like fire and the wind and death um then it could be the movie's poetic way of saying she did die but like but she became reborn. A reborn as a dragon almost. like she wasn't yeah. a dragon all along that was just an effect of her dying but because of her beliefs of you know va- valuing life and all that kind of stuff she transformed
1: she it's almost like she had the ideals of a dragon yeah But she became reborn as and Dragon, because she was a perfect uh, specimen for it.
0: Yeah, the only the only flaw I can see in that theory is that the movie doesn't run with it. She doesn't fly away, never to be seen again. She can still transform back into a human. She still lives yeah. at the cottage. So I'm not so sure. But it's, I feel I don't know. I'd like, to I, like idea, sure. um, I like the idea for sure.
1: I like the idea for sure because it, it adds a whole because it because it, it, then it is that idea of balance as well. Again, like you, you feel so strongly about this thing, you've died, sure, but then you. Change into this other thing, mm. um, and honestly, I, I think it's just the, the. I think it's purely on the idea of the balance, and the, the world is effectively trying to balance itself out again. Yeah. Um. By doing this, and then by doing so, it affects obviously uh, Aaron as well to a degree. Hmm. He he get the dragon a big old hug. Like like as... there, there are a few like anime plot moments in this though for sure like with that and when he draws Whoa. the sword as well <laughs> like when he draws the sword and stuff well but, i was yeah.
0: i was going to say i watch a lot of well i don't watch a lot of anime but the anime i do watch tends to be shonen so as over the top yeah. action scenes this movie really sold me on how you don't need over the top action scenes to sell like the power
1: of a character it was and, and it was very realistic um, in it's mm. in its fighting as well it was just like cool and then there was like a couple hits in, like how a fight should go. Straight I up
0: play. chopped a dude's hand off.
1: And then dude was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm goop. <laughs> yeah, I am goop now. Um, so the funny thing is uh, about Cobb, uh, obviously in the English version, he's played play bowling fell. Hmm. But he talks like this the entire time, well, which is really strange when he's across the entire room and they can hear him, even though Sparrowhawk's being like, Oh, I will stop you, Cobb! Oh, and okay, just so that's like this different. the entire time. It's In- really strange. I don't really get it.
0: In the Japanese version, Cobb also talks like this the entire time, which is why Willem Dafoe probably sounds like that. But Sparrowhawk is also pretty, pretty, like, Cobb what are you doing that kind of level you know what i mean like he's not yelling yeah, there's, across there's,
2: the
1: room it's, there's the level of calm but he he raises his voice somewhat when he's in those situations but like pub the entire time it's just like like i don't i don't understand how he could hear him like when they were in when they were like facing off like for the first time yeah because there was such distance between them but he was literally just like talking like this and it, it, one of the things that put me off about him as well is you can hear like the I'm you could Willem hear Deferno. like the like the mouth sounds because he was obviously very close to the mic. Yeah, and they'd obviously had to scale it up a bit because he was quite quiet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, there are points where he gets like proper angry, and he goes, Ah! Like, one of your to the end, which is cool. They're, That's when I started hearing the William Dafoe. I was like, Oh shit, it's William Dafoe!
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're probably trying to <laughs> capture the idea that he's dead inside. You know, like yeah. he can't muster passion because he doesn't yeah. have the love of life. Um, but, yeah, they probably overdid it a little bit. And then when, when, when like, the
1: threat of death is upon him, he kind of just, like, it was, like, a bit mental.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, that's very Japanese anime-villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> um, so I I thought it was important to bring up the fact that um, when you when you were like, hey, let's watch Inception, we were like, oh, funny, funny movie about... Um,
1: you said that. No, I did say that. Early.
0: Yeah, uh, we were like, oh, fun movie about uh, dreams and stuff. But in the end, I was like, oh, this film is about grief. Similarly, even though I didn't really have any expectations going to this film, I'd say that on a similar level of what this film is about, this film is about love. Um, but yeah. not like the the romantic, like, oh, they're going to be together forever kind of love, but more like. But more accurately, life. just passion.
1: Yeah. Would be, I think, more accurate of a word to use. I suppose, yeah. Um,
0: I don't know, though, because passion can also be like hatred and like the fires of that as well. and Exactly. The well, the villainous movie. Like I like I said, he was very monotone, he wasn't very passionate about I don't know. I'm probably just picking it picking nitpicking here. <laughs> but um but yeah, I would say it's about um love and passion and like the the love mm-hmm. of life and um yeah, I think I think it was a beautiful film and it was great. I've probably said that about five times now, but um I mean yeah, I was well I mean you know I shed me a heckin' tear at the end of this movie. So fair Yeah. Um uh yeah, I think I've said pretty much everything I've got notes on, so that's
1: awesome.
0: Oh Let's yeah, I forgot to say at the start of this i was I was I- iffy about whether I should choose this as a w- as the background for this uh thoughts on because it's technically a spoiler. it's one of the last frames of the movie that right there right. is Aaron and Taru, but without context, you don't really know that, do you? It's probably yeah. fine there's a sword there is a there's sword. A i yes. just like
1: the little hug at the end it's like no hug.
0: <laughs> i like how there was no like kisses you know like yeah iron and Car- teru didn't kiss um sparrow and
1: uh, i, I like how it was kiss. left like open as if to yeah. be like obviously the the villains were like oh they're all got your woman um <laughs> yeah but then like in reality it was very much like i mean we'll leave it up to you like i if, think... if you think they're to be together, if you want to ship them go ahead if not then you know
0: I think it was potentially more of an artistic choice of we want there are so many films where they end up like kissing at the end and stuff. Yeah. We wanted to show that there's more to love than physical like passion of kissing and you know Yeah. Stuff like that. We want to show that love can be yeah, more it platonic
1: wasn't, than that sometimes. It wasn't the point of that. It was literally just the love of existing, and yeah. being alive. Yeah. Um being in the moment and appreciating a nice hug with a dragon.
0: <laughs> I want to hug a dragon now. <laughs> I want to hug the dragon too. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, I, I just... I, I think it's beautiful, the way it's done. Yeah. Um, for sure. That um, sunset, though. That
0: is good sunset. But I do
1: like... Uh, one, one last thing I will say as well is I like the idea of um, uh, Cobb is almost, like, rushing to get this stuff done by the end because the sun's coming up and it's almost as if, like sun coming up is almost his timer almost yeah like if him like that. his time's up like the light is here to banish the dark and you are the dark my friend mm. um, so there's that level and like
0: and I guess it disproves his whole belief of oh everything's just death and darkness at the end of the day and it's like yeah but then there's a new day so what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah
1: always comes a new day until the sun explodes in a billion years oh right um... <laughs> 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 well it's, it's I think it's like technically it's like half for sure it's life cycle I think now yeah. But we'll be long gone. The human race will probably be dead by then, I imagine. Or, or moved on
0: to the stars. Yeah, spread out. As difficult as it is to think that way in twenty twenty, I think it's important to at least try and keep that up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly think like we'll be fine. Like, uh, if Doctor Who has taught me anything,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I'm I'm extremely worried about where the world's gonna be in twenty
1: years. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Um, but like in twenty years like uh, like i've baby, baby boomers will be gone more I, or less i don't want to break and... the
0: entire spirit of this podcast but i pretty much yeah. have it as a belief in my head that 20 years from now the world will be we will be dealing with the ramifications of what we've done um, oh yeah for sure and in a, in an irreversible way like i'm yeah. i'm not so sure that we are still gonna are ever gonna be at this height of civilization again? Like, I'm, I'm having pretty damn depressing thoughts about the state of things, yeah. If I'm honest,
1: <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's it is upsetting to think like, like with everything going on as well, like with climate change and just the general state of the world and how certain leaders and the way they're acting with, with, with in reaction to things happening. Um, mm-hmm. it's it, it is it is annoying because like we're in a generation now that genuinely cares. And uh, if we'd been born like 10 years earlier, like we'd have so much more word over everything. We'd have so much po- po- more power in the world and we would be able to physically change things. Um, well. But because, we, because we're so young, quote unquote, um, <laughs> we're almost being stifled because we don't know what we're talking about oh. or we're told we don't know what we're talking about. I think, um, I think. And they're... like, uh, it's, it's t- hard to put a finger on like exactly. I think there are people like that
0: in older generations, too. And I think there are people... Yeah, for sure. ...who, when we get older, more people like that in our generation are going to come forwards. Um, And I think while our generation, on average, has more progressive views than previous generations, I don't necessarily want to view that as a complete thing. um, Because we see our generation through filters of where we live uh social media as well who we follow what we see it's really difficult to define i i lately i've been trying to stray away from the idea that our generation is the good generation versus others because we still we still waste we still like look at how much we're glued to our phones which are made in like sweatshops and stuff like that we still have our own shit
1: um it's it's the idea of like the the good place in that no one can be good i I need to to watch the last season i haven't seen the last season either so oh i
0: don't know if i but yeah like
1: but (laughs) i i just love the i just love the idea of that where it's like this one person who knows exactly how it works like worked it out and is adhering to it and he won't go to the good place because Mm -hmm. of some weird thing where where things come from or how things are done um and it's 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 so interesting to think like we don't know to the extent like how how we get things or how things are made, um, and, you know how things are shaped, how things are grown, how things are you know all this stuff, mm. um, and it, it is it is extremely difficult to like be good. Yeah, like, we to be truly good, we just um, have to find
0: our own personal balance and try and be as good yeah. as we possibly can.
1: Do what you can, where you can. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Um. Anyway,
1: that's that's
0: that's a. Podcast. <laughs> I didn't mean to make it go with the pressing at the end, um, but yeah. Um, Reese, I was mm-hmm. about to ask you what we're going to watch next week, but I'm deciding.
1: Your turn, buddy. Oh shit!
0: How do you feel? about How do you feel about watching um, a Pokemon movie? Because I talked about that fairly at length last week um, about depends how.
1: which one. Because if we're going to watch the the original one, Mewtwo, I will mm-hmm. cry. The thumbnail
0: is of Pikachu crying (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Which I'm already mousing over Um, But they remade Mewtwo Strikes Back So are you telling me you've seen the original one? Mm -hmm. Right, I have not And I think it would be a really good perspective To watch the remake from someone who's never seen it Versus someone who's seen the original So I kind of wanted to watch Pewtwo Pewtwo? What the fuck is that? Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution but if you don't wanna cry I can choose someone else.
1: Oh yeah god, they really did make remake it, good lord. Did you not know
0: they remade it? Nope. Oh. Yeah, they've done it as like a it's I don't even know what style you would call it. It's similar to claymation, but I don't think it is claymation. Um it's, or, a
1: guy, it's like a weird CGI animation.
0: Yeah. In like a claymation style. Um but I know I just I just basically want to find out how wrong the internet potentially is because like I don't trust the internet when they're like oh the charm was taken out of the movie when you remade it in that new style it's like I don't trust that people by and large uh, will rationalise that they have nostalgia goggles for the original version you know if they went back and watched that would they enjoy it as much that kind of a thing Mm. but by all means I can choose something else
1: uh, Never mind,
0: that. yeah okay mm-hmm. well then next week next week on pictures without pictures
2: <laughs> Ooh, Ash Ketchum
0: <laughs> Ash Ketchum and his friends Misty and Brock meet Mewtwo <laughs> an artificially created Pokemon who wants to do battle <laughs> oh, okay um, thank you for listening to this episode of pictures without pictures today we had lots of deep talk Next week we will be talking about our favourite Pokémons and how weird they looked in the style, so don't mm-hmm. don't you worry. It
1: also, It's uh, is going it to be as uh, weird and philosophical. Yes,
0: well it might be. We can't promise anything. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Reese do an outro.
1: How dare you put this upon me in such a manner? You have thrust this upon me, and I, Ooh. sir, do not appreciate that very much.